Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is the true story of Sarah Rodriguez, her boyfriend, Matt, a dark stranger named Rick. She was begging him to stop. His deepest instinct was to protect her. And the affair that would lead them down a path of deception, violence, and murder. She was waiting for the right opportunity. Beware. Extreme passion can lead to shocking consequences. It's 2002 in Orange County, California. Known for its beautiful weather and ritzy neighborhoods. It's the kind of place where life looks picture perfect. Orange County is one of the most beautiful, diverse areas in California with beautiful coastlines and beaches. It's a great place to grow up. You know your neighbors. You tend to stay in the same place your whole childhood. 20-year-old Sarah Rodriguez and Matt Corbett have lived here all their lives. I think my parents are planning a dinner for Saturday night. This Saturday? This Saturday. Whole family. They started dating in high school and have been a happy couple for the past three years. Sarah was a very bubbly, cheerful, happy person. One of those people who lights up a room. Vivacious and happy-go-lucky and great sense of humor. Very sociable. And Matt appears to be her perfect complement. Matt was wholesome. One of those guys that every mom dreams of their daughter finding this sweet, kind, nice, polite, well-mannered person. Good-looking kid, fairly athletic build, and he looks strong and physically fit. He is very, very loyal to his family and his friends. The longer they're together, the more serious their relationship becomes. 
it wasn't just a high school romance to them. They were thinking beyond to expanding their families, to being together for the long term. But Sarah is keeping a secret locked in her heart. She's been with the same nice guy since high school. And after three years, she can't help wondering what it might feel like to be with someone else. By 2002, Sarah was um, out of high school. She was still with Matt, but at that, at that time, she was looking to see what else was out there, really looking at what do I want to be doing, who do I want to be with. There's probably part of her, like in everyone else in that situation, that wonders what they're missing. So one morning, when Matt is out at work, Sarah opens her computer and makes the fateful decision to explore her options. With her growing curiosity, Sarah began socializing with other people and even connecting online and chat lines and talking to people that way. It's a whole new world for Sarah. And she revels in the attention she's getting from a number of different guys. She had a great guy in Matt. They had a solid relationship. But part of her was curious, and she wanted to see what else was out there. And I think that's pretty typical of people in their teens and early 20s. At first, it's only virtual flirting on the Internet. But on one website, she makes a connection with a guy who asks to meet her in person. His name is Rick Namey. Sarah agrees to meet him and signs off. I'll see you in six. <laughs> and soon after, Sarah finds herself waiting for her first blind date in three years. When Rick arrives, he makes quite an impression. Rick was a little less than six feet tall, dark hazel eyes, close cropped hair, a few tattoos, and rather a uh, foreboding appearance. How you doing? He had that bad boy appeal that drew in a girl like Sarah, a sweet, wholesome girl. She wants something like that to add a little bit of excitement to her life. Rick had a dangerous aura about him. He seemed more physical, more perhaps uh, powerful, more adventurous. Now you could say, and this is what the studies show, the reason why bad boys are so appealing is because they're like the alpha male. He seemed so macho and handsome and strong, uh, and he was like men she had not experienced before. But Rick isn't just a bad boy. He's also the doting father of a three-year-old daughter from a previous relationship. Sarah appeared to be very excited by the idea that Rick was already a father. Hey, we should go for a ride. You want to go for a ride? Sure. And by the end of the date, she knows she wants to see him again. Did you have a good time? Yeah, I did. Good. We should do it again. Okay. I think Sarah stepped out of her own comfort zone as an adventure. She wanted to do something she had never done before, and Rick seemed to offer that to her. After her date with Rick, Sarah's routine life with Matt takes on a new sense of uncertainty. Hey, um, are you, are you feeling okay? 
And I think she was very confused. I mean, there were, both men to her had a lot of appeal for a lot of different reasons. She was just trying to figure out which one was better for her. As, as far as Matt is concerned, their relationship is still solid. They still love each other and they still have a future together. But Sarah can't stop thinking about Rick and where their next meeting will take her. A few days later, her questions are answered. At Rick's request, she meets him at his apartment. He wanted not only to bring Sarah into his world and into his apartment, but he wanted things to get sexual. The physical attraction between Sarah and Rick is impossible to ignore. And it doesn't take long before they give in to their intense desires. Sarah and Rick, from the beginning, had this sort of explosive physical relationship. It was just very powerful, like fireworks were going off. It was almost like an addiction for her. Rick gives Sarah everything she feels she's missed out on. This was pretty powerful stuff. I mean, when someone knows what they're doing in the bedroom, uh, that's pretty seductive. It has been suggested that uh, maybe she was experiencing some intimate delights with him that she had not experienced before. Sarah's sexual awakening thrills her. In the days following the steamy sex with her lover, Sarah does her best to act normally around her boyfriend, but she's completely distracted by thoughts of Rick. And Matt can sense there's something wrong. Matt definitely noticed a change in her. She was picking little arguments, picking little fights, tense, stressed. At the time, he had no idea what was causing her, her constant tension with him. As the affair escalates, Sarah finds herself pushing past her own boundaries in her efforts to please her demanding lover. He started exerting more control over her, asking her to do more things, I think experimenting sexually, trying to do things that were way, way, way outside of her comfort zone. There were a lot of huge red flags. At one point, Rick asked Sarah if she would pose nude for him. And despite her upbringing and her high moral values, she agreed to do that. And he had several pictures of her nude. Sarah senses a disturbing darkness in Rick, but she is powerless to resist him. At first, that uh, controlling that strength of his may have been exciting for her, a bit of a turn on. She wasn't really aware of the depth of how shady he was. By August, just a month into their affair, Sarah and Rick's relationship moves to a new level. She becomes part of Rick's life outside of the bedroom. Sarah was over at his house, met his, met his child very quickly, met his mom. So this was a real turning point for Sarah because she's really investing in this relationship with Rick and it's really complicating her life at this point. All this time, Sarah has been hiding her relationship with Matt. She tells Matt that she needs some space, but she doesn't reveal that she's been sleeping with another man. He still felt they were on solid ground. They were just kind of giving each other a little bit of space. I think she still loved Matt. 
but I think she also loved Rick and seeing both of them regularly and trying to figure out which one shall I settle down with. Sarah thinks she can balance the demands of her double life, but she's playing with fire. Hey. The more time Sarah spends with Rick, the more he wants from her. As with all relationships, uh, it wasn't long before little conflicts developed between Rick and uh, Sarah. Are you hiding anything? No, I just have school and I have work. I don't appreciate you lying to me. I wasn't. Rick was asking for a lot from Sarah. He wanted more and more. He didn't have a lot going on in his life. He didn't have a lot of distractions. And he basically made Sarah his focus. Let me know right now if this is where you want to be. I want to be here. But the lovers can't stay mad at one another for long. And the fights always end up in passionate lovemaking sessions. And it was that makeup sex that would draw Sarah back into this very destructive relationship. Then, in September 2002, Sarah makes an alarming discovery that could bring both relationships to a crashing halt. Sarah found out that she was pregnant. So Sarah is now left with the decision of how is she going to tell the father of her baby what's going on? Sarah's reckless but exhilarating secret affair just became very real. She'll have to decide whether to come clean with Matt, run off with her temperamental lover, or continue to deceive them both. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. 
Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Sarah Rodriguez and her boyfriend, Matt, seemed to be on the fast track to marriage until she decided to take a sudden detour. Her toured affair with Rick Namey was supposed to be just a fun experiment, but it's quickly turning into a disaster. Sarah has just found out she's pregnant, and she's certain that Rick is the father. Getting pregnant, that is a big confrontation with reality. It's not something you could ignore. And you basically have to make a decision as to how you want to proceed. Forced with an agonizing choice, Sarah knows she needs help. Her reaction was to go to Matt. Matt, again, the one who had always comforted her, had always been sweet to her. I'm pregnant. Pregnant? Matt was at first puzzled and then excited. This is amazing. We can do this. He assumed the baby was his and was very thrilled. Oh boy, we're going to be parents. But Sarah makes it clear that she doesn't share his enthusiasm for starting a family. I don't want to have a baby. Are you sure? She said she wanted to do go through an abortion. But uh, Matt just didn't like that idea at first, but he acceded to her wishes. In spite of his disappointment, Matt supports Sarah and makes sure she's okay. Matt was the one that took care of her, took her to the abortion clinic, paid for her to have the abortion. From Matt's perspective, he thought it, he thought the baby was his. And so there was a lot of discomfort on his part as far as why does she, why she's so adamant that she wants to get rid of this child. Matt was very strong. It was just sort of like he was her protector. Um, it was like that to me from the beginning. You sure you're all right? Matt's comforting presence through the abortion reminds Sarah just how incredibly lucky she is to have him. But in spite of that realization, she still can't seem to break things off with Rick. After the abortion, uh, Sarah continued to see Rick and continue with him over quite a few months. So although Sarah would like to make a decision, she's finding it really rough. And although she's turning emotionally to Matt more and more, to give up Rick completely is proving far more difficult than she ever imagined. 
Rick still doesn't know he's not the only man in Sarah's life. But she can't keep her secret forever. After four months of sleeping with Rick, Sarah still can't choose between the two men. But Rick can sense a shift in her priorities. He started to realize that her world really didn't revolve around him, um, whether it was school or, or hanging out with Matt. He started becoming extremely possessive. His life is not filled up with anything really healthy or diversified. He doesn't have a steady job. He's basically kind of a flounderer. He was calling her, trying to find out what she was doing every second of the day that she wasn't with him. Sarah brushes off his constant demands and tells him she's been busy. But by pushing him away, she's only fueling Rick's obsession. He would follow her to school, follow her to her job. He would incessantly call her. He would check her phone when he'd be there and see who she was calling. The indicators were there, but she was too young and hadn't had that much experience in relationships to recognize those things as being very unhealthy until later. After weeks of trying to get Sarah's full attention... I called you. My phone was off. I had class tonight. Rick's frustration hits the boiling point. Another misunderstanding flared up between Rick and Sarah. When I call, you're supposed to pick up. And he shoved her. So she fell on her backside. She was just so shocked that she didn't know how to cope with it. She was almost blaming herself, like, what did I do to make this happen? What did I do to turn this previously just nice, exciting guy into a guy who wants to hit me? Rick's outburst leaves Sarah shaken, but she's been intimidated by him before. Rick and Sarah's relationship had those kind of control, volatile overtones, and especially in their sex life that was rougher. So in some ways, Sarah was desensitized or groomed, if you will, to accept something she wouldn't accept otherwise. But now, Rick has gone too far. It's the first time anyone has been so violent towards Sarah. But it won't be the last. Unbeknownst to her steady boyfriend, Matt, Sarah Rodriguez has been carrying on a steamy affair with bad boy Rick Namey for nine months. I think what kept Sarah going back to Rick was the sex. Their sex life was great and it was rough and that's part of what made it great. But the appeal of his dark edginess is beginning to wear off especially after he hit her in a moment of rage. The problem is, she's now too hooked to leave him. Rick started exerting more control over her, and if she ever expressed any discomfort or any reluctance, he would turn physical toward her. Sarah did not want to believe the man she was with was a bad guy. Maybe he was a little out of control. Maybe he was a little bit intrusive and demanding and suffocating. But a dangerous guy, that's just too painful to look at and, and believe at this point. Then one afternoon at Rick's house, 
Sarah finds a part of Rick's past he's tried to keep secret. Sarah happened to stumble upon some information that Rick was going to be ordered to court in regards to a restraining order for one of his former girlfriends. He'd been brutal with her, violent, and she'd gone to the court. She was frightened. She saw the potential that his violence could have against her, and she wanted to do anything she could to try to prevent that from happening. Sarah, in realizing she's with a, a man who could be dangerous, does the right thing in a way and starts to pull away. In early 2003, Sarah stops taking Rick's calls and tries to get her life with her longtime beau back to where it was the previous year. She began to see more of her real love, Matt, and she thought we're going to be able to get away and put all that behind us. Matt takes her back without question. The everyday life between Matt and Sarah resumed what it had been before. They were going to movies. They were going to Bible study regularly. They were going out to eat together. They seemed to have picked up on their previous happiness quite well. But Sarah still hasn't come clean about her affair with Rick. Matt would never have suspected that she was seeing another guy, especially another guy who was like Rick. It feels like a fresh start. And Sarah hopes Rick is out of her life for good. Only to find out she's dead wrong. On March 27, 2003, she attends a night class at the local community college. During a break, she steps into the hallway and is faced with the last person she wants to see, Rick Namey. Trying to avoid a confrontation, Sarah steps back into the class, hoping he'll leave. Minutes later, Sarah reemerges, and Rick appears to be gone. He grabbed her and slammed her against the door. And, Did you tell anybody about it? And he put her hands out to her throat and began choking her. Hurting me, stop! He was very, very upset, being vulgar and violent with her. He had said to her, do not report this or I will kill you. I have a gun in my car. And I will kill you. Rick fled. It was an event that was sort of a, a game changer for her in that she realized how truly dangerous Rick was. Her pulling away just feeds his obsession because you have to remember in his mind, Sarah is his, whether she agrees to it or not. Sarah now knows that Rick is never going to give up. Somehow she has to stop him before it's too late. Now she realized with this threat that he would actually kill her, that he had a gun. This terrifying encounter is the final straw for Sarah. Any attraction she once had to Rick Namey is now gone. Replaced by genuine fear for her life. Sarah realizes the person who she thought she was with is not the person she was with at all. He is, in fact, a violent, volatile, obsessional stalker who doesn't know how to respond to limits when a woman sets them in place. She recognized, I think, before anyone else, the potential that he had to hurt her and hurt the people around her. 
and use the resources to get a restraining order against him. Filing a report is exactly what Rick told her not to do. But Sarah is desperate. She also decides it's time to come clean with Matt. I'm sure it was not a comfortable conversation to tell Matt exactly what had been going on with Rick. I have to tell you something. I was unfaithful to you. I think at the point that Sarah told Matt about Rick, it was focused on the danger that Rick presented. It was all about telling Matt everything he needed to know so that he could provide the comfort and protection that she was looking for. Matt is devastated. I really need you. But he also understands that the threats Rick has made against Sarah are very real. His deepest instinct was to protect her. It wasn't about, you know, being angry that she had done these other things. It was about, okay, let's move on from that. I forgive you and let's protect you from this awful person. He's kind of a take charge, be there for you type of person. And that's exactly how he reacted. He didn't let her down. We'll be fine. With the restraining order in place and Matt looking out for her, Sarah feels like a huge weight has been lifted from her. On April 2nd, six days after Rick's attack, the reunited couple is leaving their weekly Bible study class. As they get in their separate cars, Matt asks Sarah to stay on the phone with him until she's safely home. And they were speaking by cell phone, and all of a sudden it was interrupted. And Matt wondered, what is going on? What happened? Matt was suspicious enough and worried enough about her based on everything that she had said about Rick that he turned around and went back to her. Deeply worried, Matt speeds back towards Sarah's house. He saw that car driven by Rick Namey had forced her car over to the curb. Why would you get a restraining order against me? Where have you been? Get away from the car. And he was shouting at her with the windows down. Not leaving this car. He was screaming and yelling at her. After all I have done for you. And at this point, Matt was ready for a fight. He was ready to show Rick who was in charge. Matt will risk everything to protect the woman he loves, ensuring that this twisted triangle will end in violence, heartache, and tragedy. Rodriguez has been having an obsessive sexual relationship with bad boy Rick Namey. But his violent temper forces her to try to end the affair and confess to her boyfriend Matt. On April 2nd, 2003, Matt's love is put to the test when he finds Rick screaming at Sarah on the side of a road. This was the first face-to-face meeting between Matt and Rick. Rick, please, hey, get away from the- that's enough! What's wrong with you? Matt! Matt was definitely physically prepared to protect Sarah. He was a very athletic guy, and she was pretty much the most precious thing in his life. He was going to beat the hell out of him. No. Matt, Stop! No! I will never no! see you again! Matt, I don't no! ever want to see you again! No, but uh, Naomi sped off at that moment. 
Matt returned to Sarah and she was shaking. She was frightened. She was tearful. She, she didn't expect that to happen. Matt now understands how dangerous Rick is. And Sarah realizes that her ex-lover will stop at nothing to get her back. She knows that she needs to eliminate Rick from her life. And she needs to do it in a major and extreme way. Days later, Matt is still seething from the sight of Rick threatening Sarah. Matt has gone from boyfriend to bodyguard and really sees himself in this role of protector. He isn't convinced that a restraining order will be enough to stop Rick. Matt was still suspicious that Rick would try to interfere with Sarah's life. So he pretty much set up a routine of protection for her, often driving by to make sure that Rick wasn't lurking somewhere in the neighborhood in his car. Matt would welcome a physical altercation with Rick. He wanted to show him that you can't do this to my girl. And he was really ready to do anything necessary to uh, ensure that Rick understood that. But Matt isn't the only one who's furious. Rick might be lying low. But his anger is also about to explode. They were dealing with a very rageful man who couldn't let anything go. In fact, things were getting more intensified for him. So as he was sitting alone, he was thinking about the scenario and just becoming more and more enraged. Meanwhile, Sarah and Matt try to return to a normal life. They were happy, they were going out, no calls, no letters, no drive-bys, but it was the calm before the storm. Then at 5.23 p.m. on April 16th, 2003, a 911 call comes in to the Orange County Police Department. A teenager says she just heard multiple gunshots outside her window. On the day of the shooting, the 911 call came in and there were two people injured. The police approached the car. The driver appeared to be deceased from a gunshot. In the passenger seat, they find another body slumped over. Even in their line of work, this had to be a tough call for him to take. You know, to show up and find these two young people, you know, gunned down in broad daylight. Witnesses claim to have seen a car speeding from the scene, but the suspect is long gone. The detective focuses his attention on the male passenger. At first, the officers thought he was dead, but then he made some noise and moved slightly. Sir, can you hear me? He was grievously wounded. He tried gurgling through blood. He didn't seem to be able to move at all. His left eye had been blown out. He's had other bullet wounds in him. From the back pocket, the police withdrew a billfold, looked at the license, and the young man was Matt Corbett. When we got the call, um, my heart just fell. <laughs> When we found out how bad it was, I broke down. I had to leave the room. Matt is still clinging to life, but it's clearly too late for the female driver. Sarah Rodriguez is pronounced dead at the scene, age 21. 
With no eyewitnesses, the detectives know that Matt is their best hope of identifying the killer. Tell me what happened. At that point, he was extremely unstable. I mean, he was alive, but barely hanging on. I think the police were eager to get whatever information they could. So when the police asked him, who did this? What happened to you? He was able to whisper something and just barely get it out. As he slips in and out of consciousness, Matt names his attacker. Are we all right? Rick Namey. The police inform Sarah's family and ask if they can provide them with any information about Rick. When they went to Sarah's mom and she was able to tell them all about Richard Namey, at that point, they just had to find him. Police identify the getaway car from witness reports and find it's registered to Rick's sister. Rick very carefully and calculatedly chose to borrow a car to use for this shooting. He didn't want to use the car that Matt and Sarah knew to avoid. He wanted to be in a car that would not arouse their suspicions so that he would be able to get close enough. Police question Rick's mother and sister, but no one has any clue where he might be. With Matt's life hanging in the balance, investigators are determined to track Rick down. But the trail appears to have gone cold. Rick Namey was nowhere to be found. They put out a, an APB for him to, to uh, try to capture him, but he was missing somewhere. They seem to be hitting a, a dead end. The police are now certain that Rick is responsible for this heinous crime. But will they be able to find him, armed and dangerous, before he strikes again? Sarah Rodriguez was feeling restless after three years with her high school sweetheart. But what started as a playful secret affair between her and her volatile lover, Rick Namey, has just ended in a brutal bloodbath. With Sarah dead and Matt lying in critical condition, investigators are on the hunt for this armed killer. They put out a wide spread search for him all over Santa Ana, all over Orange County. Uh, everyone was searching for Rick, but he was nowhere to be seen. Police put out an APB for a dark sedan that was reported to have sped away from the crime scene. But they get no leads and have no idea where Rick may be hiding out. Three full days pass with no sign of him or the vehicle he was last seen in. Then a routine call about a carjacking comes in. The description of a male white armed with a uh, revolver that was involved in the carjacking in Santa Ana was broadcasted out to the rest of the uh, patrol cars. Officers locate the car. And the driver leads them on a high-speed chase that lasts almost an hour. He's accelerating at a very high rate of speed. Eventually, the carjacker reaches the dead end. He jumps out of the vehicle and charges into a drainage tunnel. The officers pursue him on foot. He has a 357 Magnum, 
So they're exercising extreme caution. This man is armed and dangerous. After a frantic chase through the darkness, the suspect is cornered and taken into custody. Finally, the suspect says, do you know who I am? Gomez says, no. He said, I'm the guy who killed those people. Rick Namey has been caught. He's immediately taken in for questioning, where he confesses to the shooting. I just lost it. I don't know what's going He's not denying it, but he's saying that he, he had no control over himself. He did it because he was betrayed and so hurt. Naomi is charged with murder, attempted murder, and carjacking. On September 23, 2004, Rick Naomi's case goes to trial. And in the courtroom, the prosecution calls a surprising star witness, Matt Corbett. Despite losing vision in one eye and becoming paralyzed from the chest down, Matt is determined to take the stand. I wanted people to know about Sarah. I wanted them to see that she was a sweet person and not to let this guy hurt anybody else. The prosecution takes Matt through his harrowing testimony about the day Rick Namey pulled up alongside Sarah's car. I look over, and I saw Richard Namey telling us to pull over, pull over. And uh, he actually cut us off. He got out of his car. Oh, my God, he has a gun. As I open the door, he sticks the gun to my head, and he shoots me in the and then right to the temple. When I got shot, just uh, felt real hot, a lot of ringing in my ear, laying there, staring at the gear ship trying to focus on saying anything I can to stay alive. Um, hearing screaming, shot me again in the back twice. And I remember me trying to touch Sarah, but uh, he went around the car and then shot her once in the temple, killed her. As soon as the police arrive, Matt struggles to tell them who the killer is. Said, uh, they, I said, Rick, Amy, Richard, Amy. I was trying to tell them who it was because I didn't know if I was going to make it or not. The defense argues that this was a hot-blooded crime of passion, not cold-blooded murder. The defense was saying he was out of control. He did not know what he was doing. He was in heat of passion. Really, it was a bit more than that, because here you have a man who was obsessing about how he was going to punish Sarah for leaving him, and the idea of getting rid of her. He was just waiting for the right opportunity. I got the sense from Richard Amber that he would do that again. This guy was just uh, a loose cannon, needed to be put away. After a two-week trial, the jury deliberates for three days. On October 5th, 2004, they reach a verdict. They found him guilty of first-degree murder and uh, premeditation and uh, some carjacking, a few other felonies as well. Very happy with the decision. When the verdict was announced, it was just like, thank goodness, thank goodness, it's over. Richard Namey has been brought to justice. For Matt Corbett, 
who lost so much, it's a bittersweet victory. Matt's ability to come through this, there were times it shook us all up, um, but he just kept pushing forward. Coming up be 10 years, they say time heals. It's hard to swallow at first, but it does, it does. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.